Each year, we usually collect around $10,000 worth of food this Sunday to distribute to the folks in need uh, in our community. Uh, the need for food far surpasses the amount that is collected. And uh, many times when we think of Naples, we, we think of wealth and we think of uh, all of the, the fancy homes and, and things like this. But the reality is there's a tremendous amount of food insecurity, tremendous amount of homelessness. Folks have, uh, don't have transportation to get to work. They have limited access to health care. These are just a few of the challenges that so many people right in our community face on a regular basis. With the rising cost of housing and rent and the inflation that's causing all the food prices to go up, more people than ever are having, having a difficult time just making the ends meet. Uh, the food banks in Southwest Florida are seeing unprecedented levels of demand. People are struggling to pay their utilities. These really are tough times for many people. Nearly one in 10 Collier County school children are food insecure. Food insecure means they don't know where their next meal is coming from. They, they just aren't sure. That's one in 10 students in all of the Collier County schools. That's the latest statistic on the Harry Chapin uh, website. You may not see it on a regular basis, or maybe you don't recognize, maybe you don't recognize it because sometimes this uh, displays itself when somebody just quietly chooses not to have lunch at work uh, in order that their children are able to be able to have a meal at school. Uh, or maybe the little boy that uh, just doesn't pay attention in class and doesn't do well in school, but you don't realize the fact that, that it's because he's hungry and doesn't have anything to eat. Or guys, it may, be, it may be somebody on a construction crew that's working a couple jobs, putting in 16 hours a day just so that their kids can have a roof over their head. Here's the reality. Poverty is real, even in Naples, Florida. And poverty is very complex. There are dozens and dozens of reasons why there are so many people in poverty. Some people are in poverty by choice. Uh, they've made bad choices in life and those choices have led them to the place where they're poor. And then there are other people who are poor by circumstances that are outside of their control. The vast majority of people who are in poverty today are poor because they are having to deal with circumstances that are out of their control. So many times we, we unfairly assume that people are in poverty because they're lazy and that is usually not the case. The vast majority, millions and millions, and quite frankly you get outside the United States, over a billion people on this planet are in poverty because of circumstances that are out of their control. And, and quite frankly, about half of the world's population find daily living extremely difficult. So many times we get kind of caught in our own little bubble and we don't realize just how bad so many people in the world have it. They're living a destitute life with no hope of breaking free from it. So how, how do we deal with poverty as a church? How can we learn to show mercy and grace to the poor? How do we break out of selfishness or apathy? How do we expand our hearts so that we're concerned more about 
folks that are hurting than just our own family and friends? How can we embrace more than our little world that exists within the comfort and safety of our own home? I think it starts by opening our eyes to the reality around us. Opening our eyes. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 27 says, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. You see, the first step in opening our hearts to the poor is to open our eyes to them. Resisting the temptation to look away when we see somebody that's in a different uh, financial you know, universe than we're in. We need to not turn our head when we look into the faces of those who are suffering and those who are in need. We need to make ourselves see the everyday reality of those people who truly are struggling in this world. You see, whether or not we keep our eyes open determines whether or not we will grow in compassion. Because expanding our hearts always starting, starts with what we choose to see. I've been on numerous missions trips in my life. I've been to many cities around the world. I've been to the favelas of Brazil and uh, Rio de Janeiro and have seen, seen the slums there. I've, I've seen the, the slums. I've smelled the smell of poverty in Nicaragua. Mexico City, but I've also visited trailers right here in East Naples that were so filthy, so terrible, and the, and the living conditions were so horrible that I couldn't even imagine spending a night in a home like that, and yet I could drive you there within 10 minutes of where we're sitting today. So for us to think that poverty is somewhere else, it's not. People in need are right here in our own community. And poverty really has an ugly face. And I'm hoping that today, to just motivate you a little bit, to open your eyes, your ears, and ultimately your hearts to those who are struggling. You see, I believe that when you care, you share. When you care, you share. And to care starts by opening your eyes and seeing what's really going on around us. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12, if you have your Bibles this morning. Romans chapter 12, we'll begin reading in verse 9. The scripture says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come together this morning and we read your word. And God, I pray that 
that the words the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome would speak to our hearts today just as he spoke to the church 2,000 years ago. Father, I pray that you would give our church a heart to be willing to share with those in need. And Father, that we would be we would be a people who are not proud but are humble. And that we would be willing to associate with people of low position. That Father, we would not think more highly of ourselves than we ought. But Father, that we would recognize that if we have a bounty, that we have a blessing, that you have been good and gracious to us. And that you give us these things that we might share, that we might care, that we might make a difference in the lives of the people in this world. Father, people are going to see how much we love you by the deeds that we do, by the actions that we have, the way that we serve others in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for each person who took time this week to go out and grocery shop and bring groceries in here today. Now, God, as we distribute these, these food items in the weeks to come, I pray that it will be a blessing to so many people. And God, it would be an open door to a conversation where ultimately, Lord, we can point them to Jesus. So, Father, as we gather together today and study your word, I pray that you'd speak through me. God, these good folks have come today to hear from you, not from me. So may I fade into the background, God. May your word speak to your hearts of each person here today. Lord, we dedicate this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to give you four thoughts today on how we help people who are suffering from poverty. Number one, you treat them with dignity. With dignity. Paul said, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. That's, that's where it starts. You treat them with dignity. You don't assume that you know the reason that they're in poverty. You know the reason why they're in the situation they're in. Because the reality is, you don't know the reason. And I don't know the reason. We don't know the circumstances. The truth is, the first thing we need to do is just get to know people. Get to know them, love on them, find out their background. Ask them to tell you their story. Listen, don't assume, don't judge. Don't fill in the blanks, let them fill in the blanks. You just be willing to associate with them, talk to them, build a relationship with them, show kindness to them. You see, when you hear their story, when you find out that the reality is they're very much like you, they just had different circumstances that you did in life, all of a sudden they'll become more human, they'll become more relatable to you, and you'll find that you care more. You see, they're not a statistic, they're not just a number, they're not a charity case, they're a real person, just like you and just like me. So let's treat them with respect. Let's treat them with dignity. Get to know them personally. Be willing to sympathize with them. In the coming months, our new Venture Cares mobile market will be ready to hit the streets to distribute food to those in need. Many of you have already signed up to be part of that Venture Cares team, and I thank you for that. But I do want to give you a little warning. When we begin to serve in the mobile market, and people begin to come to receive food, there are gonna be people who show up at the mobile market and they're gonna be driving a car and you're gonna look at that car and you're gonna think, well, they don't need food. 
They don't need to walk through our trailer and get free food. I mean, look at the car they're driving or look at the jewelry she's wearing. And so we'll take a couple snapshots and look at the car, maybe look at the jewelry and assume that they're gaming the system. In your most humble opinion, you might think, well, they don't need help. And you can begin to look down at them. But I want to challenge your thinking this morning. Because the reality is, you don't know what's going on in their life. And it's easy for us to make assumptions with the limited knowledge we have, but that those assumptions could be completely wrong. The lady that shows up driving the nice car may have lost her husband. Her husband may have left her. That car may be the only thing of value she has left, and she probably doesn't want to be walking through a mobile market to get free food, but she has to. So when we just jump to the conclusion that because of the car they're driving, we shouldn't help them, that's wrong, right? We need to treat everyone with respect and dignity. There are many people that are the working poor today. They have two jobs, two cars, two kids, two incomes, no money. Because it's really expensive to live right now. We call them the overburdened. There's the under-resourced and the overburdened, and they're both in the same situation. They don't have enough money to put food on the table. That's the reality. It's not the fact they're just sitting at home watching TV all day. They're working their tails off, but they still can't make ends meet at the end of the day. So it's not our place to judge. It's our place to love everybody, regardless of the situation. Treat everyone with dignity and compassion And you know what? There may be a day when we give food to a person who truly isn't in need. You know what I say to that? So be it. We we, we love people in the name of Jesus, and it's between them and God if they game the system. Amen? We're here to serve, to love, and to care for people. Rich or poor, either way, they need to experience the love of Jesus Christ, so we treat them all with dignity. Because people are people, and they matter. We need to be careful that we don't put labels on them put them into some kind of a socioeconomic group or a class. Listen, they're men and women created in the image of God and they just need the love of Jesus and we're gonna give it to them, amen? So it starts by treating them with dignity. But secondly, you offer them opportunity. Offer them opportunity. In Galatians chapter six, verse 10, Paul said this, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. In other words, if we have an opportunity to help other people, we should use that opportunity to not only help them, but to give them an opportunity. They need an opportunity. Most of the world would love to climb out of poverty if they only had the ability, if they only, if they only just had the opportunity. They don't want to be in that situation, but circumstances are such that it's tough. And we need to recognize that. Offer them an opportunity. Help them to get back on their feet. Folks can be under-resourced because of calamity, because of culture, because of corruption. It can be a cycle of hopelessness. Here's what I know. Most don't want to be poor. Most don't want to be in that situation. They just don't have the opportunity to get out. But we have a hard time understanding that in America because we live in the land of opportunity. We live in a land where opportunity abounds. Listen, I've traveled the world, Nicaragua, uh, Brazil, uh, Jamaica, Haiti. I've seen these places 
Nobody has the opportunity like we have here in the United States. Nobody has the freedom, nobody has the resources, nobody has the abilities, the infrastructure, the networks, the space that we have. All of these things create opportunity for us and give us an enormous advantage. If you wanna help people end poverty in our community, find ways to give them an opportunity to get a fresh start, a new beginning. You know, describing the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, Solomon writes this, Proverbs 31, 20. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Maybe that's what we need to do, to extend our hand to people in need and say, hey, how can I help you? Hey, can I, can I, can I be a, a blessing to you? You know, one of the greatest things we could do to help people out of poverty is to give them an education. To help kids learn to read. Statistics show that, that if, you can, if, if, if second graders can read, it makes all the difference in the world for them to be able to be successful in life. Maybe you could help tutor a student. Maybe you could help provide a scholarship to a young person so that they can break out of the cycle of poverty in their family. Perhaps instead of trading your car in next time to the car dealership, you could donate your car and give it to a family in need. You don't realize how many people would love to get to work, but they can't get to work because they don't have reliable transportation. They can't get the kids to school, and they can't get the family to the doctor's visits. They can't get somebody else to work because they don't have transportation to get there. It's a real challenge for many people. Maybe you could give them a job. And, and, and help them to earn some money. There are numerous ways that you can help if you just open your eyes and are willing to respond when the Lord reveals something to you. So if we're gonna help people in poverty, we need to treat them with dignity. We, we need to offer them help. But thirdly, we need to defend them from inequity. The reality is a lot of people in the world are struggling today because of corruption. They're being taken advantage of. They're being abused and misused and mistreated. And as God's people, we need to care about injustice. It's a horrible thing that goes on in this world as people are trafficked and people are just abused in so many different ways. We need to speak up for those who suffer from injustice. We need to advocate for them. Proverbs says this, Proverbs 31, verse 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. We should help the helpless and defend the defenseless. We should speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves. Look for ways that we can help others. When they're being treated unfairly, step in and help them. Sometimes they just need an advocate, somebody who will come alongside of them and help them. Maybe help them make some phone calls to negotiate with bill collectors, to stand up to those that are giving them scare tactics and the bullies that are around them. The reality is for many people in this room today, if, if we face some kind of a, uh, an injustice, if we face some kind of a challenge, we have our networks, we know who to call, we, call, we, you know, we know who, what law, law firm to call, we know, and we, we have the resources to get a lawyer and we can, we can defend ourselves, but the reality is there are many people in poverty who don't have that ability. They don't have access to just pick up the phone and call an attorney because they don't have any resources to help pay them. Sometimes the best thing we can do for the poor is to advocate for them. 
Stand up for them. Walk with them through the legal battles that they face. Help them defend for themselves. As we have opportunity, let's help those who are being taken advantage of. And this leads to my final point this morning. If we're going to help people in poverty, we need to share with generosity. The Apostle John walked with Jesus and he learned firsthand from Jesus how to treat people. They saw the works of Jesus, how he lived his life, the way he behaved, the things that he did. Listen to what he says, 1 John 3. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and truth. Dear children, he says, let us not love with words or speech. You know, it's easy to say, oh, we love you. Be at peace. God loves you. Yeah, they need to hear that message. That is good. But he says, if you want to demonstrate love, it should be backed up with actions and in truth. Our love should motivate us to get involved, to make a difference. He asked a question, if somebody has material possessions and sees somebody in need but does nothing, how does the love of God dwell in them? Well, the, the, clearly the point is it doesn't, at least at that moment. If you've got resources, you see somebody in need and you turn your eyes and you don't look, you're not willing to help, at that particular moment you're not being a loving person. But when you do help, God makes an incredible promise. Proverbs chapter 19, 19, verse 17. says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they've done. The book of Proverbs here says, every time you help somebody who's poor, God says, when you give them some money, you're lending that money to me. Because the way that God blesses them is he uses us. And he, he, he allows us to be the channel that blesses them. And he says that when you do that, when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. Now I know here this morning, I know here this morning if I said, hey, Jesus called, and he needs a thousand bucks, you know, there'd be a line of 50 people here to write a check for a thousand dollars to lend it to Jesus, right? I mean, he's good for it, right? You know? I mean, it was as simple as that. Jesus needs to borrow some money. We'd line up to be able to give it to him, right? Jesus said, well, here's how you do that. When you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. And what's the point there? When Jesus says, I, you, you lend to the Lord, what he's really saying there is, I'm going to pay it back. He'll take care of it. See, really what we're talking about today is practicing love. It's putting our faith and our love into action. John said, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. So we need to put our faith into action. And my friends, that's what we're doing here today. I'm sure, I haven't, I haven't seen the, the, the crates out there, but I'm sure the crates are close to full with food. Each year that we do this, we give thousands and thousands of pounds of food away. 
when we launched the Venture Cares mobile market and it's fully operational, uh, it should be feeding about a thousand families a month here in greater Collier County, East Naples. A thousand families a month through the Venture Cares mobile market. And that's just the beginning. We have plans to provide dental and optical care in a mobile medical trailer. We're gonna be helping out with transportation needs, car care and maintenance assistance to those who are under-resourced and overburdened as part of our long-term plan. Step-by-step, step, Venture Church is working to alleviate hunger, educate children, provide medical assistance, and resolve transportation challenges for the people in our community. Why? Because we care. Because we love people. Because I believe it's what Jesus has called us to do. We can't do it all right now, but we can do as much as we can. Now we have three pallet crates full of food. So I'm gonna ask for some volunteers. We need 10 volunteers to come help process all of that food, take it out of the crates, put it into individual totes and put them up on the shelves for when the trailer gets there. If you're willing to come into the office this week, we need about 10 people who would be willing to come in and help take all that food and, and put it in crates. If you'd like to do that, you can just go to the Venture app, uh, go to the Connect card where it says sign me up for, and you can just put, uh, I'll help uh, with the food this week. Or you can talk to Michelle on the way out, or you can email Michelle at VentureNaples.com, whatever the best way it is for you. But if you'd be willing to do that, that would be wonderful. When the trailer, it's a 40-foot trailer, about 28,000 pounds, going to be pulled by uh, a Ford F-350 gooseneck. That being the case, we need CDL licensed drivers. We need about six CDL licensed drivers to drive the Venture Cares trailer when it gets here. If you have your CDL uh, and would be willing to be one of our drivers, if you would either sign up on the card or email Michelle uh, or see her at the welcome tent, uh, we would love to uh, get you in the queue so that we have plenty of drivers that are able to drive that on a weekly basis. If you're willing to go get your CDL in order to be able to do that, we'll give you a big pat on the back as well. <laughs> That'd be a big, big help to us. I just want to say thank you, thank you, Venture, for being a generous, a generous church. Uh, we've seen it after the after the hurricane, uh, the way that you have stepped up, and uh, the way that you have really helped the community. And we've only just begun. And I'd like to believe it's because at the end of the day, we truly care. We truly love people, and we believe that when we love people, that, that, that we're going to be able to share the love of Jesus with them. We'll build that relationship, and at some point, they're going to ask some questions, and we'll be able to talk to them about the reason why, why we have this hope within us, why we love them, why we do the things that we do, connecting the dots between why we've served them and the fact that God is the one who provides and ultimately loves them. So today I hope that you'll consider yourselves and ask yourself, you know, am I a generous person? Am I a loving person? Am I a humble person? Am I willing to associate with people of low degree? People that are under-resourced? Am I willing to associate and 
help them, to know them, to serve them? I hope so. Because if you look at the way Jesus modeled for us to live, he modeled it. He was the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords still is. And yet he came down and became a servant. You look at the people he hung out with. He hung out with the down and out and those who were hurting and those who were sick, those who needed help, those who were brokenhearted. That's who Jesus helped and that's who we're to help as well. So prayerfully consider what God may have you do, how he may have you help those who are in need, not just this Christmas season, but all year long. I believe that we'll be able to make a big difference in this world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to be the kind of people that we've just read about here in Paul's letter to the Romans. People who truly do love and are willing to associate with people who are struggling financially. Maybe they're under-resourced. Maybe they're overburdened. Maybe they're going through a difficult time. Maybe they've gone through a period of loss. God, help us to bring hope and encouragement to them. Help us to demonstrate compassion and love. Help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to make a difference in their lives. Father, I pray that we wouldn't be a people that just love with our speech and our words, but God, with our actions, it would back up the fact that we truly do care and that we love them. Help us, Father, to get the mobile market um, on the road soon to begin to make a difference in the lives of so many people. And then, Father, as we look at the dental and optical trailer and the car care ministry in the future, God, all of these things we do because we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this community. We are a church that truly loves our community. So, God, help us to do that. Help us to do that. Father, we thank you for your many blessings in our lives. Lord, this Thanksgiving week, we'd be remiss if we didn't just look back and see all the many amazing things you've done in our lives, how you've so richly blessed us. So God, help us to be good stewards of your blessings. Help us to be willing to share with those in need. As we talked about last week, God helps to be salt and help us to be light in this dark world.